go into the game and say, we can't let 97 beat us. And now all of a sudden, 99 shows up. B-Rob and Tom Johnson and Linval Joseph make things happen. So I think that's the thing that we have that's very unique that I haven't been a part of. Good evening, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Skull Stories. I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw, inside TCO Studios at Winter Park. It's been a fun season of Skull Stories. We've had some great guests over the past few months, Bud Grant, Fran Tarkenton, like the entire Purple People Eaters, uh, just to name a few. It's been really fun. We've had some great conversations with them. And we have a great show in store for you tonight. We have more great guests, but we're going to look back on some of our better interviews we've done at the Vikings Entertainment Network over this past season outside of Skull Stories. Coming up later in the show, you're going to hear from the star of last Saturday's Vikings game at Lambeau Field, from a Vikings perspective anyway, Adam Thielen. He had over 200 yards receiving in that game and also had two touchdowns. Just the third Viking ever to have 200 receiving yards and two touchdowns in a game. We had a conversation with Adam earlier in the year after another one of his big games against the Houston Texans. So that will be coming up shortly. First, though, we're going to talk to Vikings defensive line coach Andre Patterson. The Vikings defensive line, arguably the best defensive line in the NFL. They've been very good all season. Andre Patterson is the man who mentors those guys. This is his second stint with the Vikings. He was a Vikings assistant coach in the late 90s. He's back with the Vikings now because he and Mike Zimmer are the best of friends. So those two are working on the Vikings defense together. Here's our conversation from earlier in the year with Vikings defensive line coach Andre Patterson. Coaches talk about... They want their players to just focus on their job so the guy next to them can do theirs. And when it comes to pressuring the passer, it's the combination of rush and cover. No question. It works hand in hand. You know, and I tell my guys from day one, you know, you don't even have to put an offensive line out there. If you put the quarterback at five yards in the shotgun and he can plant his back foot at seven and throw it, he can get rid of it before we can get to him, even without an offensive line being there. If the receivers are running shorter routes, he can get it out of his hand. So, you know, them you know, having the confidence to cover receivers tight, give us a chance to do what we do. And so it all works together, you know, and they have to have confidence that if they cover them tight, that we're not going to leave them hanging, you know, that we're going to show up too. And that's the beauty of it. And I think so far this season, our guys have done an outstanding job of that. Have you been around teams who have been good at rushing the passer as teams, or have you been around teams where one guy has had, you know, the bulk of the sacks? And which one do you appreciate? Um, the majority of the time, the most I've ever had is maybe two really good pass rushers in a group, you know. So, you know, you have a, a really good inside rusher and you might have a really good outside rusher. I think the thing that's unique with us is that we're able to put four to five guys on the field that can win one-on-ones, you know. You know, Everson is, is elite. There's no doubt about that. Extra pressure on Cam Newton. He tries to spin out of it, but brought down by Everson Griffin. He's To me, he's one of the top five pass rushing defensive ends in this league. And I'm not just saying that because I coach him, you know. I've been blessed to coach a couple of Hall of Famers, so I know what a good one looks like, and he's a good one. And, and Daniil Hunter is coming along. Backfield takes the snap pump, sees nothing to the right, floats out to the left. He's in a lot of trouble! He's sacked! And that's the ball game! 
It was a sack by Daniil Hunter. He's got some special pass rush presence to him. But when you put Tom Johnson and you move Brian Robinson inside, and you've got four guys out there that can win their own one-on-one -on -one battles. And Limbo Joseph has brought his pass rush game along too this year. He's back to pass. He is attacked from Linval Joseph and sacked. Linval Joseph tripped him up and sacked him. That is three sacks this year for Linval. So that's what makes it difficult on, a, on an offensive line is you go into the game and say, we can't let 97 beat us. And now all of a sudden, 99 shows up. Then they say, we got to take both the ends out of the play. Now all of a sudden, B-Rob and Tom Johnson and Linval Joseph make things happen. So I think that's the thing that we have that's very unique that I haven't in my long career in this league that I haven't been a part of. How many years have you been coaching in the league? This is going to be my 14th season. And, and you know, you've had, you've been with the Vikings before, and I think a lot of fans are starting to, to learn that and remember that now, but you were with John Randall. I mean, it's not just defensive ends that can, that can cause havoc for the quarterback. You mentioned Linval's getting in <clears throat> on the action right now with some sacks. John Randall was that way for you from the inside, too. No question. And, you know, I had John Randall and Chris Dolman at the same time when I was here before, and, and, and I had to do some unique things with Johnny, you know, because, you know, we played some games where Johnny lined up at three technique. He would have the guard, the center, and the back on him. And so, you know, you can't let them take your best player out of it. So I sat him down and said, hey, look, I'm going to move you out the defensive end at times and make them have to find you. You know, and so, you know, he moved out the defensive end and was, was, was killing guys out there, too. So, um, you know, which was an outstanding experience for me to, to be blessed to coach both those guys. And a lot of things that I learned from both of them, I share with our guys here today. Um, but, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for us is that is that we don't, we're not just a one-trick pony. You know, it's just not stop 97 and you're going to have a good day. You know, it's, it's, it's the group. And if you're going to stop us, you know, you have to stop the group. And, and when I say the group, not just the defensive line, but, but our linebackers and our safeties. And I think that helps us out tremendously. A lot of people are noticing Daniil Hunter and... It's really fun to get a young player like that with, I'm sure, for you with so much ability because you know you, you want to work with him and get him to be better. But I have a feeling that you also really enjoy working with someone like Brian Robison, who has been in the league now for 10 years, and at, in his 10th year, he's doing some things that he hasn't done before in his career, right? No question. Takes the snap from the backup center. Protected decently. Now he's hit and he's sacked by Brian Robinson. Oh, Brian Robinson caught Blake Portals from behind. And for Robinson, it's his seventh sack. Let's go back three years. He was an established player. It was different than Griff. He had been here, but he hadn't started. Brian Robinson was an established player. He was already stuck in his ways of how he felt who he was as a pass rusher. And for me to come in here and say, no, <laughs> that's not how you become good. That's not how you become great as a pass rusher. You know, I've coached guys that would say, yeah, and then go on the field and do their own thing because they know who they are. And I have the utmost respect for B-Rob because he listened to me. Now it took time for it to carry over to the games, um, but he listened to me, and I could see it start to happen last season. Wilson shotgun play action, rolls out to the right, and he's sacked by Brian Robinson at the 23-yard line. And, and that he saw that, oh, you know what? 
what he's trying to get me to do is taking advantage of who I am as an athlete. And his game has gone to a whole new level on year 10, which you don't see very much. You know, at this point of a guy's career, he's starting to taper off. He's starting to fall off. And, and people are looking to replace that guy because you need somebody, you know, more athletic or whatever the case may be. You know, I think Brian looks younger. You know, he looks like, like he's a third or fourth year player. And because he's bought into the things that we've coached him and the things that, that, that I try to give him to take advantage of the, of the special skill set that Brian has, which is different than, 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 than Everson and the other guys that I have. And, I, and that's the one thing that I do that's difficult is I don't teach them all to do the same thing because they all have a different skill set to them. And I think that's why you see the big difference in B-Rock. And you seem to have a knack for knowing how a guy is wired, what makes him tick. You have a special moment with each guy before the game a lot of times. I've seen you and Griff get together, and I'm sure there are things that happen behind the scenes in your office, or when your position meeting gets over, one guy stays back and you chat with him. That's an important part of this. You know, my biggest thing is I try to find out what makes each one of my guys tick. You know, I got some guys I gotta love up all the time. I got some guys I gotta be a little bit stern with every now and then, but that's to me, that's what being a good teacher is all about. And that's what I see myself as, as a teacher. And so, you know, on Sundays, when we go through pregame warm-up, I grab each one of them and I whisper in their ear. And I tell each one of them what I feel they need to help us win on that day. And it has nothing to do with football. It's all about mindset. That's the touching part before the game for me that's real important for me. And I think if you would ask them, they would tell you it's important for them too. There he is, Andre Patterson. Our thanks to him for joining us here on Skull Stories. We have more coming up. But first, a programming note. Join host Mike Musman along with Alex Boone at Moose Country in Lilydale on Thursday night at 5.30 p.m. for our final regular season live broadcast of Vikings Country. Also, to hear from Adam Thielen, who is next on Skull Stories, please stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome back at Skull Stories, and I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw. A conversation with Adam Thielen and Linval Joseph coming up in a minute. But first, remember to get your 2016 exclusive inaugural season gear at the Vikings Locker Room Store. Open at U.S. Bank Stadium for novelty items and apparel. Visit the official Vikings Locker Room Store at Mall of America, U.S. Bank Stadium, and online at vikings.com. Also, don't forget, scan your game tickets on the Vikings app for a chance to win big. All you have to do is link your tickets on the app and scan in at the entry gates, and you could win tickets to Super Bowl 52 at U.S. Bank Stadium next year. Also, you could win 2017 Vikings season tickets or weekly autographed prizes. Maybe one of those autographs will be number 19, wide receiver Adam Thielen. Crapham rolling to his right, throwing on the run, deep down to Thielen, he's got it, and he's going to score a touchdown! He beat the two defenders, caught it at the 35, and will trot all the way to the end zone. He's a stud. He's had a bunch of great games this year, including last week at Green Bay, and he had a cool interview with us earlier in the year. Here it is. It's Adam Thielen against the Houston Texans. Seven, 127, and a touchdown, man. You had a big game. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to just be out there and uh, competing. 
and just having fun. You know, Bradford obviously did a great job of just uh, making it easy on me. It's pretty crazy. You grew up in Minnesota. You obviously watched a lot of Vikings games, I'm sure. Now you're playing for the Vikings in a new stadium and your parents and family go to the games. It's got to be a surreal thing after a game like that for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. You know, lots of texts, Facebook messages, things like that. Uh, lots of support. So uh, it's nice to have that. And obviously, uh, opening up the new stadium, it's, it's great. You know, I always dream to play in the Metrodome, but this is just on another level. Second and 11 from the Texans, 36. Bradford passing right, and it's caught by Favorite catch from the game against Houston? Um, you had the long touchdown, obviously, but you also had a great catch in the fourth quarter on a third down along the sideline. That was a good play as well. Do you have a favorite catch from that game? Uh, probably not a favorite catch. Maybe just a favorite route. Um, you know, I like when, when I get press coverage and I can kind of work the guy. So there was a play, just like a basically a little slant route in the slot and uh, beat him pretty good. So I guess just more uh, my favorite route. Has Sam Bradford done a really good job of learning this offense? I mean, you've been in it for a few years now, so I'm sure you know it like the back of your hand, but the quarterback has to know it that well, too, and he just got here eight days before the season started. He, it looks like, though, he's done a great job. Yeah, he makes it look easy, So, but uh, it's not. It's really crazy what he's been able to do and how comfortable he's been able to feel in this offense, but uh, the guy just works really hard. And, and from day one, he came in here staying after practice, uh, getting the receivers together and making sure that that uh, you know, we are all on the same page. You stay after practice a lot too and do extra work. How do you decide what to do for extra work after a practice? Because you're doing different things on different days, I've noticed, but how do you decide what you're gonna work on that day? Uh, it's mostly just a routine now. Um, there's just uh, little things that, uh, it's mostly just catching the football because uh, you know, we do have plenty of running during practice and throughout the week, so it's not really any running. It's just, just catching the football, putting myself in scenarios that I, I might get in a game, and then uh, just things that uh, maybe make me nervous or things that are uh, not my best part of my game that I'd like to work on and try to make myself feel comfortable so if it happens in the game, it's, it's, it's easy. What do you think is the identity of you guys in the wide receiver room? And the reason I ask that is because a lot of teams have you know, two or three guys that are the guys every single week, but it seems like you guys come up with some sort of different mix of playmakers every single week. So what's, what's the thing you guys hang your hat on? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's got to be tough for you know the offense coordinator and the coaches to come up with who's going to be playing and and who's going to be aware because there's a lot of guys in our room that can play at a high level and um, I think it might be frustrating at times for some for some of us just because um, you know it's just you're behind guys but hey they're making plays and and uh, you know we're having fun. That's the good thing about this group is nobody. Nobody is, is mad about anything. Everybody's just having fun out there, and, and we're happy for one another when, when other players uh, you know, play well because you know, it's, it's, everybody's working hard, and, and you see that in practice. Speaking of being happy for someone, Cordell had a touchdown reception against Houston. You know, and the first time he had a touchdown catch since 2014, we've seen him impact the game as a kickoff returner um, and, and as a gunner now on the punt team. But to see him get a, a touchdown reception were you happy for him on that? Oh yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I think I was probably uh, happier than he was, but uh, no, it was it's it's awesome. We have uh, we have a great chemistry, all of us in that receiver room. So uh, when when one of us scores a touchdown, it almost feels like we all scored. So it's uh, it makes it fun that way, and I'm so glad that I, I don't really know how it is other places, but it seems like 
uh, we have a pretty pretty dang close uh, knit group compared to most. Your position coach is George Stewart. He has a really good reputation across the league. I remember John Gruden came here for Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago against the Giants, and he was going through people he knew out on the field. He knew Coach Stu. He's like George Stewart. That guy's been around a long time. He's good at what he does. So he's a well-renowned coach. What do you appreciate about him, though? I think just what he expects out of us. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're on the practice squad or on the active roster. He's going to expect you to pl practice at a high level and play at a high level. And um, I think you see that on the field because uh, we kind of all hold ourselves to high standards. And um, I think the reason why our receiver room is having success, it starts with him. You know, it starts up top and, and works its way down. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's just on us every day to make sure that we're working hard and and, uh, you know, like I said, he's been in this league for a long time, so he knows how to, he knows how to win games. We go from a playmaking wide receiver on the Vikings offense to a difference-making defensive tackle on the Vikings defense. It's Linval Joseph. The Vikings defensive line has been a force all season long, battling opponents' offense and winning more than their fair share of battles. A big part of that is our guest today, Linval Joseph. What's been the key to the consistent success for you guys up front? Just, just working with my brothers, man, working together. Since training camp, we made a goal that we was going to come together and just help each other to be the best we can be, and we just try in any way we can. You know, opponents vary so much from week to week, mm -hmm. so game plans vary too, but what are the things that, that stay the same? What are the rallying cries that carry through week to week? I mean, it's, it's football, so at the end of the day, you have to see ball, get ball, one, but two, just do your job. And that's simple. If you have to be in the A-gap, make sure you're in the A-gap. So we just try to play small ball here, and that normally really helps, helps out a lot. Quarterback sacks get a lot of the attention, and they're, they're the splashy statistic. But all you guys talk, coaches, players always talk about, to rush the passer, we have to do what first? Stop the run, one. Stop the run is the biggest key, but the second biggest key is rushing together. Because if you don't rush together, nobody will get no sacks. It's all, it's all about team. How would you define uh, your role in this defense from a general standpoint? I mean, I feel like I'm actually doing a lot of things. Stop, stop the run, show my pass rush ability, just try to help the team in the way I can. Special teams, I'm here to help, I'm here what, to win. What's one thing that has your skill set that has developed since you've arrived in Minnesota? Can, can you think of one thing? I mean, I would just say just uh, overall being a student of the game, learning, learning offensive schemes and learning what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like find, trying to find a weak spot. That's what I think I learned from last year, this year, trying to be the weak spot, try to not have a weak spot. What have been some good battles that you guys have gone, teams that you've gone up against and at the end of it, win or lose, at the end of it, you're like, man, those guys up front were good. What have been some, some tough battles? I mean, we had a couple games like that. It's every game coming down to the wire, who's going to make the less mistakes? And bottom line, that's pretty much it. That was a, re a, a really good game. Tennessee was a good game. That was a real physical game, and who wanted more? Tennessee start off as a real physical game, almost down until with the third quarter. So we, at the beginning of the season, we had a lot of physical. We had to have your mindset right and less mistakes to win the game, and we did it. Your, your teammates on the outside, the, the DNs, you know, they've accumulated some sacks here. I think of all defensive end groups, they're second in the NFL in sacks. What have you noticed about their performance this season? Just rushing together. They're finally buying into it's not about me, it's about team, and if we do what's right, 
Wiggins Sachs, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, B Rob, they all working together. Me, Shamar, Tom Johnson, we all have to work together. You know, I mean they get more sacks because they're on the outside, but at the end of the day, we all help each other get sacks. Shamar Stefan is kind of, you know, he was a no-name guy even for Vikings fans, mm -hmm. you know, before this season. But I think when you watch Vikings games, you can't help but notice him. Yeah. Have you appreciated his development? Of course, of course, from year one to year three. Shamar is a very special player. He can play the nose, he can play the three. He wants to learn, and he's going to give it to you every, he's going to give it all to you every, every Sunday. So you got to respect that. Do you remember being in his shoes, being a, uh, in a developmental process and, and looking to a veteran? I remember when I first came in the lead and the team, everybody was over 28 years old and I had to learn, I had to like listen, I had to, I really couldn't ask questions, I had to like be more visual and I got it, I learned it and with Shamar, he's a very visual learner, he's very, he's very, he asks questions and we have a great coach that want to help us learn and want us to be the best we can be, so it make it that much easier. Yeah, Andre Patterson is your guys' position coach. You know, he's been a Vikings coach for a long time. This mm -hmm. is his second stint here. Yeah. Um, so fans, I think, appreciate him, and he's worked with a lot of really good players who yes. went on to yes. earn accolades. Um, and so I take it that you've enjoyed working with him. I love it. Yeah. I wouldn't change it for nothing in the world. Yeah, and he and Coach Zimmer are very close. What do you think they really value in defensive linemen, Mike Zimmer and, and Andre Patterson together? I, I feel like they value in, one, smart guys and guys who's not scared to get their hands dirty because this is a dirty sport. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to take on three guys at one time to have somebody else free. But at the end of the day, we're learning how to make this fun. Everybody can enjoy and have fun while doing the dirty work. All right, that's going to do it for this episode and this season of Skull Stories. We've had a fun time bringing you some great stories from Vikings history and from the current Vikings, and we thank you all for listening to Skull Stories throughout the season. Our thanks tonight to Andre Patterson, Linval Joseph, and Adam Thielen for joining us to give us their perspective on the Vikings. I'd also like to thank producer of Skull Stories, Nate Vaughn, and the executive producer of the Vikings radio network, Chad Abbott for the opportunity to work with them. Also, want to thank Eric Nordquist for a lot of the work he's done on Skull Stories this season. Happy holidays to everyone. We hope you had a Merry Christmas and you have a great New Year. We thank you again for listening to Skull Stories. Don't forget the Vikings and the Bears, they play on Sunday. The game is on the Vikings radio network. Paul Allen, Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, Ben Lieber will bring you the call. Before that, Vikings pregame with Mike Musman will start at 10. Make sure you check that out on the Vikings radio network. On behalf of everyone with the Minnesota Vikings and the Vikings Radio Network, happy holidays. This edition of Skull Stories is over. On behalf of producer Nate Vaughn, this is your host, Mike Wabshaw, signing off for now. <laughs>